630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Hey, hope your weekend's off to a great start. Two and a half minutes into the third quarter in Toronto. The Argos up 21-10 on the Montreal Alouettes. Later on tonight, Rough Riders at Lions. The Elks returned from their bye week today. They practiced at Clark because the Rugby Sevens are taking over Commonwealth Stadium and we'll have Canadian Rugby Sevens captain Phil Berta on the show a little bit later on tonight. The Elks in Ottawa on Tuesday. That game's going to be on Kissing Country 103.9 because we'll have the Oilers and the Kraken right here on 6.30. Ched, the Ryder Cup, quick start for the United States. They lead Europe 6-2 after day one. Baseball tonight now after five. Yankees pounding the Red Sox 7 Nothing, and the Blue Jays not having a good start in the bottom of the second. They already trail the Twins 3-0. The Blue Jays one game out of a wild-card spot, trailing the Yankees by a game, and uh, they're three games behind the Red Sox. So we'll keep an eye on uh, those ones. But uh, obviously, the, the good news for the Blue Jays is uh, one of Boston and the Yankees is going to lose, but the other one's going to win, and uh, the Blue Jays not off to a good start today, down 3-0. Oilers training camp, of course, you can always get the full story on 630Ched.com, Global News. .ca. They will play at Calgary on Sunday. The face-off show here on Chet is at 5.30. The game is at 7. You know, I, I think we more or less know who's going to be on the team. Um, but there are some players pushing, and even if they don't make the team now, maybe they're the first call-up when somebody is needed from the farm, from the Bakersfield Condors. And Tyler Benson, you know, he was talking today. He lost a few pounds over the summer. He wanted to come in a little bit lighter. Uh, he did play those seven games in the NHL in the 1920 season, but generally he's been with Bakersfield after playing uh, junior with Vancouver. And Benson was saying today, look, I'm, I'm 23 years old. I belong in the NHL. I do, yeah. I know for me personally, I feel like this is where I belong. I feel like I've put in the work in the AHL level. I've I've done well there for, for the three years, and I feel like coming to the camp, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to be a full-time player. And personally, I just feel like uh, I'm an NHL player. So I'm going to keep working hard throughout camp and prove that uh, I deserve a roster spot. thought Benson looked pretty good today in the scrimmage. And yes, I know what you're thinking, Reid. It's only a scrimmage. And yes, it it is. But it it's step one. I can only tell you what we see so far. I'm sure he'll get plenty of exhibition games. And we'll see if Tyler Benson is indeed ready to make the jump. One guy making the jump, and I'm pleased to welcome him back to Inside Sports. He is joining the Seattle Kraken broadcast crew on 950 KJR in Seattle. And, uh, yeah, several years in the Western. And I believe he was at Jack Michael's old gig with the Alaska Aces. Mike Benton is checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Mike, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? Reed, yes, you got that absolutely correct. A tribute, I would say, to the Alaska Aces pipeline with uh, promoting NHL. You know what, Mike? Mike, we'll just put you on hold there for a sec because you're cutting out, and every second word was was not being heard. And we definitely want to get your story and your connection to Alaska. So Kellen will just uh, clean up that connection. But yeah, the Seattle Kraken joining the NHL this season, their first ever training camp is underway, and that uh, involves hiring some broadcasters as well. We just want to make sure we got Mike loud and clear there. Kellen, have we fixed that, you think? 
Okay, let's try that again. Mike, I, I hated to cut you off, but like I was saying, uh, only every second word was coming through. <laughs> so the, the joys of live radio, as you've experienced uh, yourself. But, yeah, tell me about that connection to Jack's old team, the Alaska Aces. Pretty unique franchise. Well, as far as connections go, it's uh, preseason for everyone and everything, especially when it comes to 4G or 5G here. But uh, I'm happy things are plotted back up just like normal. Yeah, uh, Jack Michaels uh, with the Alaska Aces, as you know, made the jump right from there uh, to the Edmonton Oilers um, about now a decade ago, succeeding him. Josh Bogorod, who then jumped from there to the Dallas Stars, where he is now um, front and center of their broadcast team. I, I took a different route after um, spending time with the Aces. I found my next opportunity in the Western Hockey League, but uh, really with uh, one of the premier flagship franchises, the Everett Silvertips in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, they were so, so good to my family and I with taking care of us and giving as far as my career was concerned, every tool and resource from uh, human beings uh, to tangible objects to succeed. And uh, I would credit a lot to them as far as helping open doors like this. And uh, it, it makes me pump because it's not just a place where we settle into, but it, it's essentially home. Uh, I grew up here until I was age seven came back in uh, 2015 and in between there made frequent stops up here at family to you know see grandma and grandpa and uh, celebrate the times that we've had for even my grandparents going back about nearly 90 years so to see that come full circle and now be a part of what will be the NHL's uh, newest franchise for sure dream come true yeah awesome stuff and, and I want to ask and, and by the way I should let people know Mike's going to be you'll be doing the pre and post game show in the intermissions which is the equivalent of what I do for the Oilers plus I have this talk show so similar stuff um you know, you, you worked for Everett for the last several seasons, and, and as you said, you, you know Washington State. I'm curious, are, are the Seattle Kraken, are they going to be Seattle's team, or are they going to be Washington, Oregon, and Idaho's team? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how widespread do you think their popularity is going to be here, especially off the hop? Or do they need to win a bunch before that happens? They are casting a very, very, very wide net here, Reed, and it won't just be... Seattle's team, it won't be the Puget Sounds team, but it will be effectively an NHL team that the Pacific Northwest and then some can really embrace. They're going to have uh, a broadcast footprint, not just for the states of Washington, but also for Oregon, for Idaho, and even going all the way up to Alaska. I mean, in, in my two years with the Aces up there, you saw a lot of embrace of the Seattle teams just because of, funny enough, uh, a lot of crossover from people who uh, lived in Seattle would come up to Alaska either just for vacationing or even to relocate and vice versa. I, I can share the testimony here as far as the latter. Uh, so there's a, a lot of emotional buy-in and tie-in to begin with as far as the Mariners, the Seahawks, and you know, getting the Kraken involved, uh, it was effectively a no-brainer. So uh, there's already, you know, a good tie-in here with a, a partner as far as airlines with Alaska Airlines. They're going to be front and center, and uh, it's going to be a partnership here to really help 
grow the game in places that uh, haven't seen the NHL uh, in the past several years. All right. Well, they're going to be interesting to watch. I, I do think the jerseys are great, by the way. I'll be honest with you, Mike. I've had some fun with the name, even though I do like it, but it's kind of fun <laughs> to say and get cracking and here come our tentacles and all that kind of stuff. But I, I won't uh, I won't bother you too much with that. But so now, you know, training camp's underway. Who is... Is there somebody that one of the players or players that is kind of, okay, this guy's the face of the franchise. Like this is a name that maybe even people will know if they're just casual hockey fans. I mean, clearly Oilers fans are interested that Larson and Everly are there. I think it's, it's significant Giordano uh, went there. Is there somebody that's kind of being trotted out in that role by the Kraken? Well, I, I thought it was pretty interesting that the first two players on the ice for the historic very first day of training camp in the very first skate were two players combining of 21 years of NHL experience and both Mark Giordano and Jonas Donskoy. Giordano was the first man of the podium ever after a practice, which tells you a lot about uh, how much I think this organization believes in him and how much experience that he has left. And, you know, for the miles that uh, he still has left in his engine, how much he can really be a, a, a big contributor here for this team uh, in season number one. Uh, I had a chance uh, earlier today uh, to ask um, – you know, several players uh, as far as maybe, you know, who's the one guy that uh, they thought I I couldn't stand playing against this guy because he was so tough. And now, oh, man, thankfully I've got him on my side. And uh, what answer I I heard was a familiar name uh, to those in Edmonton in Jordan Eberle. Uh, You ask defensemen and just how tough he is to defend with, how shifty he is how gifted he is with a puck, especially in tight spaces. Um, I'm very curious to see, based on the right kind of combination, what he can do to really help put up points here for this team in the get-go. You know, there's not too much pressure, I think, to, you know, try to go out and put up 80, 90 points, but based on the miles that he's got here for his game and coming in being part of a a brand-new thing here for this franchise, uh, he's a guy that you'll look at uh, uh, be a big, big factor here from the outset and uh, a guy that was so tough to defend. But uh, for a lot of D-men, uh, he's a good guy to now have on their side. Okay, Mike Benton joining us tonight. He's good with the Seattle Kraken Hockey Broadcast on 950 KJR. Okay, I'm going to throw one more at you. And Mike, and I'm sure you do it sometimes too as, as somebody's on the radio. Sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. So if you need to roll your eyes when I ask this, I understand because I do have that effect on people sometimes. But I'm wondering, and you're going to have to, I guess, put your your prediction hat on a little bit. What team or teams as visitors to Seattle do you think are going to create the biggest buzz? Like, might it be mcdavid and the oilers or the canucks coming down or or the seattle fan base going to be have more of that buzz when it's you know the new york rangers or the boston bruins or chicago blackhawks coming to town what do you think just based on location the obvious answer number one is going to be the vancouver canucks and it's because of the location where there's uh, potentially a rivalry that could brew just based on geography and lo and behold the very first home game in franchise history will be against the canucks coming up this next month in downtown seattle and then you add in the fact as well that there's some preseason spice and uh, the very first preseason game in franchise history will be against the canucks so you know in comparison to what you know some people might see with 
Edmonton and Calgary, you know, the New York area with the Rangers and the Devils or the Islanders. Uh, there's There are some seeds planted now to really make this a big thing down the road uh, between the Kraken and the Canucks. And as we all know, you know, a rivalry really gains uh, more weight when potentially the postseason is involved. So just think about that with uh, how much more you could really add into that should these teams ever meet uh, down the line. But uh, you, you get a lot of transplants here who now call Seattle and the surrounding areas their home. And the one thing that really excites them is that they get to come and see, for instance, those moving up north from California get to see the Los Angeles Kings once again, uh, the San Jose Sharks. Uh, I even have a friend in town here, and I have no idea how he does it but has season tickets, the Vegas Golden Knights actually gets on a plane from Seattle to go see the Golden Knights, and he can come see them now here in downtown Seattle. And, you know, for others who have uh, moved out here and they get to see the Blackhawks or even those get to see, you know, the Maple Leafs or Montreal, the Philadelphia Flyers, New York Rangers, et cetera, that brings the allure of those teams who can bring those marquee names and marquee stories. And of course the Oilers with Connor McDavid need we say more. So uh, there's potentially a lot that adds here to the tapestry of this first season, but uh, I'm looking forward to it beginning with the Canucks and how much energy and passion is going to be in that building uh, for these fans for the players, and then with more marquee names down the line. Right on. Well, Mike, hey, you're a great story yourself, so thanks for telling part of that and give us uh, giving us some early insight into the crack on here and on Inside Sports. I'm sure we'll do this a few times throughout the season. And, uh, by the way, I got a text from Cam Moon, who's very happy for you as well. Oh, my boy, Cam Moon. I couldn't be any more proud of him. Uh, my friend Jack as well, too. And, uh, you know, for a good friend of ours and mine as well, Everett Fitzhugh, who will handle the uh, – play-by-play long time coming here for him um the one thing that we always appreciate is just uh, how open and accessible they are and yeah by, by all means uh, they're going to be great listens and you know please give my best of course to good friends motor and jack out there right on see you mike right. thank you reed mike benton checking in he'll be the host for seattle crack and hockey on uh, 950 kjr so yeah mark giordano uh you know kind of uh well not kind of rolled out as one of the uh, big faces of the franchise. And uh, Jordan Everly, Mike Benton, with some praise for him as well as uh, the Seattle Kraken roll into their first season. Now four and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Toronto leading Montreal 21-10 in the Canadian Football League. Uh, we have more Oilers stuff coming up. We have U of A football. We have rugby sevens. We got name the animal, and we only got 40 minutes before 8 o'clock. We better take a break and then get back to work. It's a blitz edition of Name the Animal because we got to fit this in here. So Kellen has an animal either live in studio or the taped sound of an animal. He's going to play it, and I have to guess what it is. And I only have just over, uh, I have about 90 seconds to do this today. Okay, go ahead, Kellen. Okay, ready to go. It's, uh, it's a budgie. 
No. Is it a bird? I always think it's a bird. No, it is not a bird. Is it a feline? It is a feline. Okay, it's not a little house kitten. It, it, yeah, you got it. There it's, you a go. house, it's a kitten. It's a kitten. It's a kitten, baby. It's a kitten. That's a kitten. That's a kitten. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's a kitten. And the kitten's name is Cuddles. I don't it's know. Cuddles. It's Cuddles the kitten. It, it didn't have a name, so we're giving it to him. It's Cuddles, the inside sports kitten, to go along with Cheddar, the inside sports. How is Cheddar doing, by the way? Uh, pretty good. I'll have to track him down You've here. Talk, you haven't yeah. talked to him lately, eh? <laughs> I, I tried texting him, but I think he's got me blocked or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's right. Our, our goat won't reply to our text. That's right. That's how low it's. That's how low Kel and I have sunk. You guys got any friends? Ah, uh, well, we used to have a, a goat friend, but he stopped talking to us. Uh, I, I suggest that It's a Kitten go up there on the Broadcast Hall of Fame with Do You Believe in Miracles and a, you know other great play-by-play calls. It's, it's a, a kitten. It's a it's kitten. A kitten. But the most famous words I've ever spoken on the radio. And as I say that, a commercial for Clump and Seal Absorbex with cats dressed as cowboys yes. comes up <laughs> on the television. Is this, oh, it's, uh, what do you call this stuff? Cats pooping. Cat litter? Cat litter, yeah. Yeah. I call it the stuff cats pooping. It's much more technical. Okay. We'll go from cats to golden bears when we get back. Jays 3-0 in the top of the fifth. Also, Yankees up 7-3 on the Red Sox after six. Red Sox trying to chip away. It was 7-0 for the Yankees at one point. Final play of the third quarter. Close game in Toronto. The Argos up 21-17 on the Alouettes. Looks like they'll have a field goal try from about uh, just outside of 30 yards once the fourth quarter begins. The Oilers will have a uh, practice Split into two groups. Players split into two groups tomorrow. So one group practicing at Rogers Place at the same time. The other group will practice at the DCA. Then they'll convene for a scrimmage at 11 o'clock. They also had a uh, scrimmage today, though. Several of the prominent forwards, including Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, McDavid, Pugliarvi, and Hyman, did not participate. Kyle Turris was on the ice, and uh, he was not on the ice nearly as much as he wanted to be last season. He played only 26 of the 56 games. He was scratched in the playoffs, and it was not an experience that he enjoyed. Uh, it was really frustrating. It was really tough. Um, yeah, I mean, I I knew I had to play better. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, sitting there watching, especially, you know, four straight games in the playoffs, it was... It was really tough. It was really frustrating and, and uh, definitely kind of fueled some of my, my motivation this summer. Going into last season, it was hoped Turris would be the third-line center, that he could provide some offense and that he could check a bit. Really wasn't able to do either. He had just two goals and five points in those 27 games. He was minus 11. Now, the Oilers are going to use him as a winger here through the exhibition schedule and see how it goes for him. Turris, as he did through his seven seasons in Ottawa, stayed in Edmonton throughout the summer. He worked with Oilers strength and conditioning coach Chad Drummond. He was at the rink a lot, skating, 
working out and uh, doing some different things to try to be in uh, in really good shape. Dave Tippett said today he was one of the top guys when it came to fitness testing for the Oilers, and he talked a little bit about uh, you know why he was so focused with his workout plan. The game's changing. It's uh, it's younger. It's faster. It's um, more explosive. Um, a lot more change of direction. It's you know from when I first came in, it's it's a different game. So just uh, yeah, just training in a way that um, allows me to adapt and and take advantage of those changes. Even though I'm a bit older, um, you know I, I have maybe more experience um, to anticipate plays better, read the play a bit better. But using that and then pairing that with you know the extra strength and weight I put on this summer and explosiveness to take advantage of how my mind works um, allow me to do it physically as well so um, yeah hopefully the the two can come together here you know in in the 1920 season tourists had 31 points in 62 games for the Nashville Predators which was underwhelming considering what they were paying him well the Oilers weren't paying him anywhere near what Nashville was paying him and if you would have looked at tourists and I said this a lot myself going into last season if, if tourists could have got half a point per game even you know, 0.4.45 points per game, and done a decent job defensively. That would have been a win for Edmonton. But, but like I said, he wasn't able to produce, and uh, he wasn't able to check overly well either. So now, g- going to play the wing if he does get a chance to play during the regular season. So hopefully, a role that he'll be able to embrace. And uh, Dave Tippett says, you know, Turris is working pretty hard to get that spot. It's funny. I, you know, I had him as a young player, and then I had him in a World Championship, and then. You know, coming in last year, we we were hoping he would fill that third line center and uh, give us some solid minutes there. And it just uh, it didn't it wasn't a great fit from the start. And then we uh, we tried some other people and got going. So he was kind of in and out. He understands that. He he you know he knows he can be a better player than he was last year. I think he's used that frustration from not playing as well as he'd like and not playing enough last year into training this summer and wants to extend his career and uh, he's a proud guy he's a proud guy he's played in this league a long time he's been a good player in this league so he's come in in great shape I think he was in number three or four in our overall conditioning this year so he's given himself a chance. He wants to come back and redeem himself and play well. Well, that's what it'll be about for Turris, who turned 32 on August 14th. Good for him getting those conditioning results. Uh, Tippett was asked, by the way, who the uh, top two guys were for the Oilers in conditioning, and he, he would not disclose that. But Turris did very, very well. We'll see if he can turn it into results on the ice. Okay, we're going to switch from the ice to the football field here for a second. The U of A Golden Bears football team finally back at it. They didn't have a season last year Tomorrow, regular season action at Footfield, 1 p.m. against the UBC Thunderbirds. Chris Morris is the head coach of the Golden Bears. Chris, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. How about you? I'm doing very well. It's nice to have you on the show. Finally, back at it for your team after uh, everything you and everybody else has been through here for over a year. How's, how's everybody feeling? How excited are you to play a game that counts in the standings? Yeah, we're really excited. I guess that's the... <laughs> There's, there's really no way to overstate how excited everybody is here in our in our group, like from from players to coaches to support staff to the to the administration here at the school. I think everybody's excited to get going again. Okay, well, look, uh, I know you're pretty happy with your recruiting class, not just this year but also last year. Though, though I did see the Canada West projections, predictions, whatever you want to call it, come out. Didn't have you guys in an overly flattering spot. Maybe you didn't even look at that. Does that matter to you? Do you care what people, other people think going into the season? 
Yeah, I don't think anybody has any idea like who's coming off the bus right now. Like honestly, I don't think like normally those coaches polls are decent, but this year I don't think anybody has any any clue as to who's still back at most programs. So, you know, I I, I feel strongly we'll finish quite a bit higher than that, but we'll have to wait and see and prove that. You have an interesting coaching staff with a lot of connections to the double E football team yourself. Uh, you know, you got coach Higgins on defense. You've added AJ gas. I mean, this, this is a pretty loaded coaching staff. I feel a lot of guys with high level experience here. Yeah, we certainly have a wealth of uh, knowledge and expertise on our staff. Like it's uh it's a really, really good group of guys too. Um, a lot of guys that know how to get along with kids and understand, you know, the priorities that we have here at U of A. So it's uh it's fun. It's fun every day to come into work. It's fun every day to work with these guys. And they're, you know, I'm learning a lot every day. There's a lot of really knowledgeable coaches here. It's, it's really nice to be able to learn from each other and, and sort of, you know, put things together for these kids that I think are going to put them in a really good position to be successful. All right. And obviously, you know, you have some really important veteran guys uh, who were able to have their, still be able to play their fifth years. You know, you can watch the CFL every weekend and see Beard and Cordy and Lawrence and former Golden Bears like that playing in the league. I assume some guys this year that realistically the next step could be a shot at the CFL. Yeah, absolutely. Like we got, you know, I think Peter Kajushka was ranked 14th overall in the recruiting in the recruiting uh, predictions at the beginning of the year. So he's, I'd be shocked if he wasn't playing on uh, playing in the CFL in a year. Um, the guy that people don't know about yet, but they'll find out pretty quick is Josiah Shackle. Like he's, uh, he's one of our linebackers here. He's going to be, he's going to be one of the best players in the country this year. And he's going to be a high draft choice in the CFL, no doubt in my mind. You know, Jaden Dalkey's back. He was the all Canadian safety last year and he's, uh, he's primed for another good year. So like we have, you know, we have quite a few guys that are, that are very, very strong players at this level. Um, lots of them decided to come back and, and, and see what we can do here together. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Rosary, um, has he changed positions? Has he gone from tailback to receiver? What's the story there? Yeah, we're going to flex him in and out of the backfield. So we'll have him moving in and out along with Matthew Peterson. And like, we, we just have, we have a wealth of talent at that position. And, and Rosie is such a dynamic player that we want him getting the, getting touches all over the field with the football. So we, we think he's, he's one of the best in the country. We just want to make sure we can move him around and put him in a real good position to, to get as many touches as possible. All right. Well, Chris, look, um, I'm excited to see how you guys do this year because it, it was so cool to see you guys uh, have a really solid campaign in 2019 to, to win some close games, to be nationally ranked for part of the season. So I just hope it's onward and upward again this season. Do you, do you feel like, is there any momentum from 2019? Can, can any of that transfer over to now two years later after a lost year? Yeah, I do think so. We've got a lot of the same guys back. Like when you look across the conference, everybody's sort of releasing their rosters now, right? Like we have a, a big chunk of our guys back and that's not the case at every single program. So we're, we're feeling good about, about our chances. We've got a lot of guys here who understand that, you know, we were close to being one of the best teams in the country last year. Like we were, we were close in a playoff game against a team that, that could have won the Vanier. You know, we played Calgary twice, really, really in close games. Like we're, 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 we're coming along and, you know, all of that is great, but you know, you got to win and you got to show on Saturday afternoon, you know, what you're all about. And we're, we're excited at our first opportunity to do that. We, we got a good group of kids here. They work very hard. We got a good staff here that's worked hard and we're, we're anxious to sort of show the work we've put in and, and what we're all about. All right. 
Chris, well, we wish you all the best, of course, and we'll be having you and your guys on throughout the season. Look forward to the game tomorrow, man. All the best. Thanks, Reed. Much appreciated. Chris Morris, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears. One o'clock tomorrow, Footfield, they'll take on UBC. It's 744. Quick timeout. Rugby Sevens takes over Commonwealth Stadium this weekend. Phil Berna is the captain of the Canadian men's team. Phil, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? <laughs> A lot of energy, Reed. I'm doing well. How are you? Well, I, I'm doing very well. I, I, I think you're the one with all the energy being a rugby player and ready to rock and roll for this weekend. How, how do you spend the, uh, the night before uh, a busy, big weekend of games here? Uh, resting, mostly. Um, we had our captain's run and little uh, energizer work in the gym this morning. And then the rest of the afternoon has just been a little nap, massage, some physio, and uh, now I'm in my gray sweatsuit uh, waiting for dinner and then the games to start tomorrow. Okay, right on. Well, look, I want to talk about this weekend, of course, because it's an important one for Canada and it's a great event to have here in Edmonton. But I want to get to know you a little bit and your story. Um, you know, locally when it comes to rugby, we've had Jen Kish from the, who was on the women's team for several years, her story through rugby and getting into, into rugby sevens. What about for you? Were you rugby from a little guy or when did it sort of become your specialty? Uh, I was, it wasn't from uh, when I was too young, but I played a lot of sports growing up and uh, a few friends on the football team in Vancouver. I was at Vancouver College and uh, they were also on the rugby team. So they kind of told me, hey, come out. You're a pretty fast, strong guy. I think you'd be a good fit, and we just want to hang out more. So come out to the rugby pitch that was uh, five five or so blocks away from my house in Kitsilano at the Mariloma Rugby Club. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history. Played a few seasons there and then went to St. George's, graduated from there. Uh, played a bit of university rugby at UBC and then found myself uh, with the national sevens team for the past six years now. So do you have to train differently to be a sevens player than you would for, you know, for the 15 man rugby? Did you have to make any adjustments along the way? Uh, it's just such a fast paced game and, Fitness is so important in uh, in both codes, but I think sevens, it's just such a crazy anaerobic workout that uh, if you're not at peak performance, then uh, you might be struggling a little bit on the field. Was there an adjustment mentally? Because what, you went from an 80-minute game to a 14-minute game? Do I have that right? I mean, there's not a lot of time to make up ground if you fall behind. Yeah, it gets a bit stressful out there sometimes. Uh, we got a young team here, so if we ever get a try against us, we just, uh, I look around, tell them to take a breath, calm down, regroup, um, because it, it certainly ticks away fast, but that is part of the fun and the, the beauty of sevens. It's just an all-out sprint for those 14 minutes, and then you rest up a couple hours and you go two more times. Well, you mentioned having a young, a young team, and I believe you had four members of the club decide to step away uh, after Tokyo. So, man, oh man, like, how do you 
How do you transition and have people fill those roles, not just on the field, but I'm assuming with, you know, leadership, the dressing room vibe, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're just, uh, we're working on it now, just making it our own. We're not going to bring over everything from the past generation. We have to kind of honor the new guys and the skills they bring to the table and the different personalities. And uh, we're just kind of working to find our team identity. Um, right now we've, we've uh, worked out that we're going to call ourselves internally the bad news bears um, because we're a group that's just been thrown together. We're new. We have a lot to prove. So that's our little team identity going into last weekend and this weekend. Uh, the bad news bears looking to prove some people wrong. Well, I got to say, I'm impressed, Phil, that athletes of your relatively young age knows who the bad news bears are. <laughs> I think uh, what I, I'm going off the remake in uh, 2005 with uh, what Billy, Billy Bob, Billy Joe Thornton there, or whoever I'm thinking of there. Not the original 1970s one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I still I still think of the original one when I think of the Bad News Bears. Look, um, I think we got pretty good weather in Edmonton tomorrow. And look, it is September. It's not December. Be honest, was part of you thinking with some of these countries coming from warmer climates that you wouldn't have minded a freak fall snowstorm or like a plus two day? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it it would have added to the event. Um I think on for the on-field performance, but I'm glad it was, a, it was a really sunny day today. I'm hoping it it looks like it'll stick around for this weekend. So, uh, yeah, we're hoping a lot of uh, supporters come out for us. Walk-up tickets are available, so let's uh, pack that Commonwealth Stadium as much as we can, so we can get that real hometown advantage. Well, I got to tell you, Phil, it's my experience and, you know, and again, to reference some of my chats with, with Jen Kish over the years and especially watching her on the women's team play in the past that no one watches a game of rugby sevens and uh, goes away feeling disappointed. I mean, what, what kind of feedback do you often get from, from first time fans to the game as, as they get introduced to it? Uh, yeah, I think they can, be a bit bamboozled at, at times just because it is such a, a short game. Uh, they could be really left wondering what just happened and I want more. So luckily we have uh, 12 men's teams and the fast four uh, women's competition. So you will be getting your fix as soon as one game ends. Uh, another one is just about to kick off. So uh, the crowd can expect a lot of exciting moments and highlight real plays. I think that's the beauty of seven is that there's just so much action and highlight real moments packed into the, uh, the shortened game. All right. And uh, games all day, like you mentioned, Canada, uh, Hong Kong at 1115 back out there against uh, Mexico at about 225. And then you play South Africa at uh, at 630 and so uh, you gotta what win at least a couple of those to, to move on to the playoffs how does it usually work here yeah we're uh in a 12 team uh tournament bracket so uh the top two teams from each pool uh will advance and then the next top two uh teams on points differential um so, I mean, our, our goal is to win all three, obviously, but 
we're hoping we can have a uh, good game against Hong Kong, get that win. Um, Mexico struggled a bit last weekend, so we'll hope to uh, get our points up against them and then have a good contest against South Africa, who were the champions last weekend in Vancouver, and uh, give these young guys another taste of what a high-quality World Series standard team is. Right on. Well, Phil, we wish you all the best. Thanks for sharing some of your story. And it's so cool that this event here is in Edmonton. I know fans aren't going to be disappointed when they check it out. All the best, and I hope we can talk again down the road. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Reed. And I uh, hope to see everyone out there cheering for the Canadian side and the, the Bad News Bears. <laughs> <laughs> right on, Phil. Thanks, man. Phil's the captain of the Canadian Rugby Sevens team, so I, I told you when their games are action all day at Commonwealth. You can get walk-up tickets or go to CanadaSevens.com. And Edmonton's Jen Kish, uh, now retired from the women's team, will be honoured before one of the women's games on Sunday. Good stuff there. 27-17. Toronto leading Montreal with seven minutes left in the CFL tonight. Blue Jays down 3-1 to the Twins in the fifth. While it is the Yankees leading the Red Sox 8-3, top of the seventh. Tell you what, I'm going to talk to you Sunday at 5.30 for the face-off show. The play-by-play starts at 7. Oilers at Flames in preseason action. Take care, everybody. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.